Welcome to the Winner Circle with Derek Pang. On this podcast, I'll be introducing you to real-world heroes who have stepped outside their safe, known worlds to pursue and live their win, their best lives. This is a choice we all get to make. The intention behind these conversations is to inspire you to move forward with greater faith, trust, and belief in yourself on your hero's journey ahead. Let's go, hero. All right, we're live, and I'm very excited to introduce you to today's guest. On today's episode, I interview a breath ambassador, a Qigong instructor, a yoga teacher, an actor, a coach, and the co-creator of the Mind Shill Collective. Welcome to the Winner Circle, Wesley Salter. Hey, Derek. How are you, buddy? Doing good. Doing good. Um, I'm excited to have you on. It's been a while. Um, There's been a lot of craziness and chaos going on with this global pandemic. Um, But we're not here to talk so much about that. This podcast is light, positive, out on a mission to inspire, empower, and uplift others. So let's start with a really positive question. And that is, what do you love about your world right now, Wesley? What do you love about your current world? My current world, you know, you know tying in, uh, it, it will bring in the pandemic a little bit, but this evolution that's taking place, this uh, Mother Nature reset, reset has provided us with some uh, unique opportunities. And for me to answer that question, what do I love? I've been given the opportunity to spend time with my family, first and foremost, with my wife and four-year-old daughter. Um, leading into, you know, last January, February, March, I'm juggling a few different hats in my everyday life. So those, that, that schedule got pretty hectic. So once, uh, once the pandemic hit and everything got shut down for a while, it was suddenly I found myself being given the opportunity to hang out with my, my daughter and my wife. And we had to fill our time, right? So suddenly it, the, the emotional connection, the love, um, the awesomeness just started sort of seeping through all the pores. So, that's one of the things I love. The other thing in regards to my world of um, teaching and combining my love of yoga and Qigong is um, we didn't have studios to go to. Literally two days into the pandemic, I received an email from the studio I'd been teaching at for almost 10 years saying not only were they shutting down, but they were shutting down permanently. So all of us in Vancouver lost our jobs in an email, um, which many people have gone through. But there was a big cry from people saying, what are we going to do? I need to breathe. I need to move. I need to connect. Um, so I jumped on Instagram pretty quickly and started offering um, live Instagram story uh, Qigong classes th- uh, three times a week. Um, and I was doing, the goal was just to initially do 15 minute flows, just to give people a taste of, you know, deep breathing, get some energy, uh, get the systems charged up. Um, but the classes started getting longer and longer. So, um, geez in about end of March, early April, decided to go online with classes. And much like this platform, it was all via Zoom. And suddenly, Derek, we had a global cyber cooler of, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 people per class from around the world at the same time. So an opportunity, what do I love? I love the fact that we got to come together as a cyber cooler, plug in and raise the vibration just with our own individual awesomeness. Uh, so yeah, those big things, the, the family time and the, the opportunity to plug in in, in one class. Uh, I just taught this morning, I just finished teaching, but in one class uh, today, I think we had five or six countries represented in a you know, 75 minute yoga Qigong class. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. 
Mm, that's absolutely beautiful. Um, one question I asked all guests at the start of every episode is what is your mission? And the reason I ask this is because just as all companies, organizations have missions that are they're guiding North Star and all things that they do, we as humans should bring awareness to our mission. And our mission can always be changing and evolving. But right now, right here, what is your current mission? What are you feeling called to do in your professional, personal life and everywhere in between? It's a great question. And I think you hit upon it when you were um, doing the introduction. I really feel like my, my mission is to simply inspire people to breathe deeply and move. Um, I really do believe that there are two ingredients to um, a joyful, happy, full life. Um, so it's a combination of everything you can see in the bio that, I, you know, I've got a little bit of work, work as an actor, then I've got the Qigong, I've got the yoga. Um, what's consistent through those three is the need to breathe deeply. Um, and with the yoga and Qigong in particular, um, the movement to not let the body get stagnant, to not let the flow of energy slow down. Um, what's really interesting in Qigong, they say there's no such thing as aging. We just choose to stop moving. And that really resonates with me when my teacher gave us, you know, stated that in, in my teacher training, that really hit me hard just saying, that's simple. We just have to breathe, breathe and move. And then we can celebrate life. So my mission is just to inspire people and give them a platform to breathe deeply and hopefully move a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we've mentioned Qigong um, already quite a bit. And for some listeners, they may not understand what Qigong is. So could you maybe introduce them? What is Qigong? And also, what is yoga? To you, what is yoga? Okay, so with, with the Qigong, we'll, we'll break it down. Uh, we can refer to Qigong as Taoist yoga. So Qigong's from China, um, originally known thousands of years ago as Tao Yin. And we know those words Tao and Yin, Yin yoga, we've heard of that before. Um, so it used to be called Tao Yin, um, and there were... Um, pictures discovered on caves thousands of years ago that had sets of exercises, and I'm talking four to 6,000 years ago. Um, so this was being done a really long time ago, but they had understood, it's a branch of Chinese medicine, um, and they refer to Qigong as the art of effortless power. Now within the world of Qigong, um, there are many, there are hundreds of different styles of Qigong. Uh, I'm trained in what's referred to as Holden Qigong with Lee Holden down in Santa Cruz, California. Um, he worked with his teacher, Montak Chia, and different masters. And what I was attracted to with that style of Qigong was they looked at the many different styles, chose the gentlest, most accessible flows and stretches and postures and brought them all together. So they blended many different styles of Qigong. Um, you know, as I'm getting a little bit older, I was looking for a gentler form of movement, but I still wanted to move the energy. Uh, you know, with our yoga class, we get into some of those sort of pretzel power postures, which are amazing, but sometimes depending, you know, on people's state of mind and, you know, physical strength, some of that stuff's not always achievable. So I was looking for something that was slightly a little more gentle, but could still have movement to it and flow. So when I found Qigong, it was just unbelievable. The art of effortless power, they also refer to it as the art of preventing disease and prolonging life. All of that is what I want to tap into. When I hear that, it's just like, that's amazing, that's amazing. Um, so the goal with the Qigong that I teach and trained in is that it can be done by anyone, anywhere, at any time. 
And it's a moving meditation. It's a, it's a moving meditation about, uh, to answer your question, Derek, about 90% of the flows are done on your feet in Qigong. But the beauty of the practice is anybody has any limitations, you can just simply take a seat and modify the flow and still do those 95% of the flows with the people that are standing. So it's truly there for everyone to explore. It's designed to um, charge up the energy body. So, you know, a crash course in Qigong, um, we've got three power centers in the body, the lower, the middle, and the upper Dan Chen. Um, these are reservoirs of power where we store our energy. Connected to all the organs are meridian lines, energetic pathways running through the body. Now, if we don't move, if we get an injury, the energy starts to slow through the body and sometimes gets trapped in specific areas attached to those different organs. So that's where we can get, um, you know, injury, we can get disease. So this branch of Chinese medicine, the Qigong, is designed to breathe and move and direct energy with intention to clear blockages, right? So it can be the lungs, the liver, the heart, the kidney, the spleen. Um, it's just simply to charge up the energy body and in the simplest of terms we as human beings are born with a finite amount of energy so each day through breath and movement we have to replenish our energetic stock so qigong is designed to gather an abundance of fresh energy to transform negative energy into positive energy and just fuel it up so we want to supercharge ourselves so with qigong uh, that's what we get to do um, we explore gentle styles um, perhaps you've heard of tai chi or seen Tai Chi, it's quite popular. Uh, groups of people get together in parks and they do certain sets together. Yeah. Qigong, Qigong is the mother of Tai Chi. So Tai Chi is a form of Qigong. Um, so it's those really gentle, melodic, beautiful movements. Uh, and the difference between yoga is that you're given um, extended periods of time to explore these flows and to lose yourself eventually in flow state, which is pretty amazing. Relax into the energetic flow. So to plug into the energetic force field. So um, that's, does that make sense, the, the Qigong, what we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And how does your knowledge of Qigong and your Qigong practice complement your yoga practice? And what does your yoga practice, what has it evolved into? I, there's such a beautiful harmony between the two because I'm I obviously started in yoga, um, was attracted to yoga as a former break dancer. I was, you know, as moving on and not being able to do the b-boy moves that are now present day, I was looking for some form of movement and um, something that could, you know, give me a little bit of heat, deep stretching and some strengthening. Um, so I found yoga and it was through a, a mountain biking injury. Um, a doctor said, hey, go try a power yoga class just to strengthen your knees. And I did one class and I was like, this is it, music, movement, and deep breathing. I was just addicted. But um, with the yoga, you find the difference between the two is with the yoga practice, you know, when we go through a flow, a half a flow, we sit and maybe explore a posture for four, five, six, seven cycles of breath. With Qigong, we can explore it for 20, 30, 40, 50 cycles of breath. Uh, it's a little gentler, but... You know, you asked me, what do I love about yoga? I love, again, the opportunity to move and breathe. And the stretch that yoga provides is second to none, right? With Qigong, we lose ourselves in these gentle flows. We don't sit in a stretch for as long as we might in a yin yoga class, for example. Five to 11 minutes in a posture. I love that. So I, I, I love that the two are complementary in the sense that Quite often, um, for example, this morning I taught a class called Rhythm and Flow, and I do the opening warm-up. The first 30 minutes is a Qigong warm-up. So the intention there is to awaken the muscles, joints, to get the energy gently flowing, um, to get the deepest breath laid as a foundation of peace and calm. And then we transition into a Hatha portion, 
where now with this deeper energy flowing in this awakened body, we can actually explore sitting a little deeper into the posture work of the asanas. And it's mm -hmm. just gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. And when we eventually get to that shavasana, ah, uh, <laughs> you know? I can, I can definitely tell when you're talking about both Qigong and yoga and even just teaching and coaching, you're really passionate about what you do. Um, you're someone who follows their bliss. And I think that has started with the uh, beatboxing and then the yoga, the Qigong, the acting. And that's where a lot of heroes get stuck on their path is they feel that call. They feel that call to want to be a break dancer or to dive deep into yoga or to explore the world of Qigong, um, to become an actor. And fear stops them in the tracks. Hmm. So how have you overcome fear and continue to um, say yes? Say yes to that inner calling that I know you, you hear and that you listen to. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, and I think we do each encounter that. Um, when we, you're, you're referring to passion, you're right. I'm passionate about acting. I'm passionate about the yoga. I'm passionate about the qigong. And in my life, I was a high school teacher for a bunch of years when I started my career and loved that. I was passionate, you know, in my early 20s, I was teaching and I loved it, but it was taking a lot of energy and taking a lot of time. Um, you know, you get involved in coaching at the schools that you're teaching at. Uh, and I realized that, you know, in my journey, um, one of the through lines was this love of breathing and moving. And when I was exploring my teaching career, um, I wasn't doing that as much as I felt I needed to. My passion wasn't being fueled as much. I love teaching um, in the classroom, but I, I, that call for acting and then, you know, finding some form of life that could blend the deep breathing with movement. So uh, I was faced, Derek, definitely with that opportunity. Here I was, uh, a high school teacher. Let's say there was a sense of security in that. If you want to stay in that field, you can go through it. Um, mm -hmm. but I wasn't exploring all of my passions because I just didn't have the time. The flip to that was, is okay, well, if I want to pursue acting, that basically means I'm going to be a waiter and I'm going to audition for my life and get 99% of the jobs you don't get, right? So you lose that security. And then with yoga, uh, in the Qigong, it's like, I didn't even know, like, how do you do that? How do we go about becoming a teacher of yoga and a, t a teacher in Qigong? So that was a little scary. So the fear was, okay, I've got security. I'm living over on Vancouver Island. I'm teaching high school. Um, I love what I'm doing. I started to explore pursuing those passions on my summer breaks, you know, and there was an opportunity to explore that. And I just realized really quickly that the, I was meant to be going down that, that journey to Wes, you're spending time pursuing acting, go for it. So ultimately, you know, it was a big decision to give up my teaching career. Um, I handed in my resignation, finished out teaching a school year, and then I moved over to Vancouver after leaving the classroom and I got a job as a waiter and got an agent and that started the acting career, right? So with the acting, it's, it's simply auditions, auditions, auditions. When you book a gig, it's great. And you have to be comfortable with the fact that you're, you're moving into a business of no with acting because you're up against a lot of different people for different roles and there's a whole bunch of politics that come into play. But that drive and passion to want to get on set and you know get behind the camera and work with actors um, and take on these characters was just there. So 
I was very comfortable with the fact that it's okay, I get to be a waiter for a little while. That, that's great. You know, leaving a high school um, profession and then going back to serving tables. Then I wanted to take a look and say, okay, the yoga Qigong aspect. I was always taking yoga classes. You know, I was moving from Ashtanga to uh, Bikram's yoga. I was just doing a whole bunch of different stuff, vinyasa, yin yoga. Uh, and one of the big studios in Vancouver was offering a teacher training program. Um, that was uh, quite well known and renowned and um, I was actually practicing with a bunch of teachers that had done their, their um, teacher training there. So again, you're presented with, uh, okay, you've got to come up with some cash, a time commitment to go to yoga and then if you become a yoga teacher, what does that look like? Because we both know <laughs> that there's not really money in yoga, uh, but if you can get creative with what you present, there is an opportunity to have a life as a yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. So I dove deeply into the teacher training and I was literally hired from the teacher training at that studio that I trained at. Um, and man, there was nothing more exciting than, you know, teaching a class and at the end of the class when they come up from Shavasana and just big smiles on their face and said, I can't wait to come back to your class next week. I'm like suddenly realizing I'm teaching yoga. and. You know, I've got some income coming in, I'm auditioning, so I overcame my fear of letting go of something that was, um, you know, secure to pursue the, the passions. And then that led to the Qigong. The Qigong was a difficult one because it was, there's not a lot of Qigong instructors out here um, that were teaching a style that was resonated with me. And when I found Lee Holden's um, school, Holden Qigong down in Santa Cruz, it was so beautiful because I was just, I had to find somebody that I could train with online, right? Because he was in a different place. I couldn't go, move down to California for seven months. Uh, so he was offering an online version and then I flew down for the teacher training. Um, and yeah, once that came about, I realized, hey Wes, you don't have to be scared of anything. I've got my training. You've got lots of people that are in, excited and interested in the style and what you teach. So that led to not only, you know, studio classes, but Derek, then another passion was creating unique workshops, right? Because that way we could bring more people and, and give them to them. So combining yoga and Qigong, um, that's been something I've been doing for, geez, over the last 10 years. And it's been so rewarding. Um, and that led to, you know, making some appearances at festivals. And then you got to travel and that's where I met you when I got to fly to Winnipeg and teach at the Prairie Love Festival. So all these things started feeding each other. So it was letting go of the security. Okay, I'm a high school teacher. I can do this. I get two and a half months off in the summer. Diving into the fear of, okay, if you let that go, Wes, you don't have security. You don't have job security. You got you to gotta get out there and go for it. Um, but that, that drive to feed the passion is still burning brightly today, and I've made it work. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I know a lot of listeners could relate to various elements of that story. Um, this podcast is called Welcome to the Winner Circle because, in my opinion, to be a winner is a choice and we could all be winners. And what a winner is, in, for me, is someone that is following their bliss, that is saying yes to stepping into their must rather than being stuck in their life of should. That's their safe, known world. Um, for someone that is listening to your story, maybe it's a high school teacher who loves what they're doing, who loves helping students, but is feel drawn to something more. And they're frozen. They're frozen in that should. The should, um, I should be here because of security, because uh, this is known, because I know what to do. I'm good at this. I don't know if we get at this 
other thing. What advice, what wisdom would you impart on that hero frozen on the path of should when that must is calling them deeper and deeper by the day? I think, you know, that draw for the must, if it's burning brightly, um, like I fully understand, you know, for those teachers that are out there and and they're, they have the career and they're, you know, getting into a school that you want to teach at and keeping that job is tough to do. So I understand that. But here's what I would, to answer that question, if there's something, whether it be art or photography or acting or yoga or whatever your, your passion that's burning underneath that in your time off, you do have to explore it. You have to go check it out and see, is there a way that you can balance both, right? I could do both when I was teaching and ultimately at the end of the day, now as an actor, I'm also an acting coach. And you can see with Qigong and yoga, I combined my love of teaching. I just moved from a high school classroom into a different classroom where I I got a wider range of ages and um, shapes and sizes, but I still get to teach and use that voice to help inspire people to breathe and move. Um, So what I did when I was teaching was starting to explore, you know, I was looking for yoga classes that I could take at night after I finished my school day. Uh, With acting, same thing. I was taking a look at it. I was taking acting classes that were at night so I could just see, hey, is this something I do want to pursue? You know, but I, I think it's those that get trapped in the should, um, should definitely say, you know what, I've got March break coming up or I've got summer break or, you know, I've got Tuesday or Tuesday and Friday evenings off, find it a community class of whatever it is that passion is and dive into it and see if it's, that fulfills you, if it fulfills the passion that's burning. But at least if you can see it and then you start exploring and networking your way with the people that are in that profession that you're, you're looking to explore and then you can find out What's the big leap I have to take? Is it leaving teaching or do I go down to a part-time capacity in the classroom and start, you know, filling my other part-time with the passion stuff? Does that make sense? You know? Yeah, that, that absolutely makes sense. And what about for the individual um, whose voice has gone quiet? They can mm-hmm. no longer even hear that, mm-hmm. um, that must because they've been avoiding it for so long and now they're just going through the routines and that, that calling is now quiet. But there yeah. is that longing. It's, it's a great question. You know, one of the, the beautiful um, side effects of being in the world of yoga is there have been many times over these last, you know, 10 to 12 years where I've seen a, a, a yogi come to class and then come back quietly for, you know, week after week after week. And then suddenly one day walks up after class and you know, this happened just before the, the pandemic started and the studio quit, but a, a yogi walked up and she, she said, I just want to say thank you. And I was like, hey, what's your name? Yeah, yeah, I've noticed you in class before. Great. Um, she felt that the space that was being provided for and she liked the style, but the deep breathing that we're exploring um, gave her time to recover from a journey she was on and that she had decided that she wanted to go and pursue her own teacher training and create her own version of yoga so she said for a long time that you know it was burning brightly but she didn't know how to do it and she felt just sitting in that space and taking the classes and looking around at the different people and realizing that hey i can do this i want to do my version of that um so for those people that have gone silent you know for me derek it was seeking out and trying to um, surround myself with passionate people 
when you when you you can feel the passion in someone's voice about what they do and what they talk about and how excited they get i feel that ignites the inner fire mm-hmm. you know so i i think that the short answer to that was would be you know surround yourself by passionate people you know ideally with the same interest of what you you did think you wanted to explore before you got quiet um and then you'll find with with their passion that it'll light a fire it'll mm-hmm. light a fire you know Absolutely. And I'm sure that is a part of your personal strategy is surrounding yourself with people that inspire you, that light your fire. What are some other routines and essential habits that you do daily to keep that fire alive and you being able to listen to your inner voice, your inner calling? That's a great question. Um, Simple stuff. Um, I like to run. So I like to, I make it part of my, my everyday life to run three times a week. I like to forest bathe. So we like to go with my daughter and we go out into the forest. Uh, you know, we're, we're blessed to have that opportunity out here on the West coast, but to get out with the trees and just breathe that fresh air. I can literally feel the chi when you're in the forest and it's just like, you know, chi meaning life force in the yoga world, we call it prana, but I can just feel it just washing into every pore. So part of my routine is uh, running, um, getting out into the forest. Um, I like to have uh, a gentle qigong every morning. I do 20 to 30 minutes of, of a version of a flow just to awaken that energy body to keep the energy flowing. Um, yeah, and just another part, uh, uh, you know, with the pandemic is not so much, but I love to go to coffee shops. I, I love people watching in coffee shops. Uh, one of my passions is just enjoying a double espresso so you know that's part of it I sit down there and i just i put on my headphones and have some chill music and just watch people and i I like that part of community living Mm -hmm. yeah i think they're the main things you know absolutely absolutely great and a lot of these things and a lot of what we've talked about um has been inspired by people that have entered your life whether they be mentors or helpers so let's just take a moment to recognize some of the notable mentors or helpers that you've encountered on your journey. Who were they and what were your primary takeaways learned from them that you've incorporated into your being? Yeah, I've got a few different mentors. You know, when I was a high school teacher, um, you know, there were two teachers in particular that sort of took me under their wing. Uh, you know, I'm 22, 23 teaching at high school, but the two of them, um, you know, just give offering the opportunity to... Um, witness how they teach and were able to connect with high school students. Um, that really inspired me to have a strong connection in the years that I was in the classroom. So those two high school teachers in particular. Um, there's been various uh, actors and acting coaches um, that I'm indebted to for you know taking the time to work with me and help inspire me to journey into that world that is sometimes really toxic, right? You're, you're, when I, I referred to it a little bit earlier as an industry of no, um, you can really, really start getting second guessy in the world of acting, right? And everything, like it's me. If there's something wrong with me, they won't hire me because of me. You know, so there's people that were keeping me fresh, um, people that I teach with right now in the acting world. Um, in, in the world of yoga and movement, uh, you know, I'm good friends with now Ian Finn, who you know well. Um, Ian, I, I owe Ian, I don't think I've even ever told this to Ian, but when I refer back to that knee injury I had from mountain biking and doing triathlons, um, when I was told to, uh, he's, the doctor suggested a power yoga class at the local YMCA. After I took that, I was like, I need more of this. And it was in around that time that I found Ian's um, power yoga videos. 
and they're on VHS and I've still got a couple of them. Uh, but I found that I was like looking at a dude who was a surfer, um, you know, definitely looked a different version of the world of yoga than maybe some of the old traditional old school, you know, um, aesthetics of what yoga was perceived to be. And I saw, you know, I'm like, wow, one, this feels freaking good. Uh, two, it's the flows are killer. The music's awesome. And when I wake up from Shavasana, I'm just like ready to go and be supercharged. So Ian, someday um, I throw a big shout out to, and you know, the opportunity to um, practice with him at festivals and, and uh, take his, his stuff has been awesome. Uh, so yeah, in the world of movement and then Lee Holden um, for, you know, f for having the, uh, the know-how to reach out into different styles of Qigong and blend them into something that was accessible to more people like it's changed my life so that and my wife my wife's my best friend and uh she's been by my side and stood by every one of these decisions and she chose to marry somebody that didn't have the stability of a job and was choosing these three professions that were like huh ah, what are we gonna do <laughs> but mm -hmm. she was like she felt the passion she said let's do it and she's pursuing mm -hmm. her passions as well yeah what are the keys to that relationship that you forged with you and your wife? Yeah, keys to the relationship, communication, for sure. Um, support, right? Support in the sense that um, if it is something that you're passionate about, screw the, the, the rules that everybody says we have to follow and just go do it. Make it work right? As long as you support each other, because it's not going to be an easy journey. There's going to be peaks and valleys, ups and downs. Um, so we're very supportive of each other in, in these pursuits um, and uh, making first and foremost the family as the focus. And as long as we commit time to that growth of the family, um, we can pursue everything else and we can support one another. So yeah, it's been, a, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. Mm -hmm. And another light in your life um, a new light in your life is your daughter, your four-year-old daughter. Yeah. What have you learned from her and what is it that you desire to teach to her? Oh man, I've learned so much from her. You know, she always says to me, daddy, why are we rushing? Why are we rushing? This is a four-year-old that says it to me. She already is sending me the message to slow down. So what I learned from her is that um, slow down and appreciate and enjoy life. And whether that, that's playing with a toy, reading a story, going outside in the forest, or when I'm getting caught in the fight or flight mode, if I'm, you know, have to get to an appointment and I'm rushing and we're taking too much time or we're just, when she says that, I realize, yeah, we all need to slow down. And if I'm going to practice what I preach, which is getting people to breathe deeply, we can only breathe deeply when we slow down. So she teaches me to slow down, Derek, which, which is great. She teaches me to love so much. She's such a, a passionate, compassionate um, human being. And she's uh, alert and um, adventurous and just wants to experience life. So I, I, I try to mirror that. I, I want to be doing what she's doing. Um, yeah, I think they're the biggest things, to love and slow down, which is pretty great. Mm -hmm. And what would you like to teach her? Yeah, you, you asked that. What would I like to teach her? she's teaching me so much more than I could teach her, but it's, uh, I think what I would like to teach her is to take that adventurous spirit and, and to go tackle the world. I've had the fortunate opportunity of traveling a lot in my life. I, I've traveled to a bunch of different countries. 
um, and you meet lots of different people and uh, you know you get to um, dive deep into different cultures and I'd like to teach her that that's that that's been something that for me has changed my life forever for the better and I'd love to inspire her to want to go out there as much as I don't want her to leave my my world um, you know as she gets older is to take her gift and whatever her passion is to go and share it out there for sure Mm-hmm. So you mentioned you've been doing a lot of traveling, um, you've met different communities, and even the things you're interested in are very different, um, acting, qigong, yoga. Through all this diversity, what is the commonality you've seen amongst all different people, um, things, and what, what is the commonality you've seen on all your journeys and travels with the various people you've met from such different realms? Yeah, yeah, I have I've had the opportunity to go to a lot of countries, and um, one through line in my travels are people like to smile. People like to smile. And with the smile comes, they like to be uh, in a positive environment and having fun. Uh, the love of music around the world I've, uh, has been something that's really, really profound in my life. Um, the love of food. And both of those, the love of music and love of food, provide um, platforms and opportunities for larger groups of people to come together and to just allow that smile to explode you know so seeing that going around the world and you're like yeah they are speaking a different language and they have different traditions but underneath all of that it's exactly the same as where i came from you know um love of food music dance um yeah and just to share that 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 sort of positive glow from those experiences in those worlds of you know dance and music and and flow yeah that's flow mm-hmm. yeah so you're a very positive smiley really great energy uh, in person and online but what do you do for yourself when you lose that smile when that's when you notice that smile not present what do you do then yeah quite often we're not always aware when we do lose that smile right but i'm quickly reminded by either my daughter or my wife like hey what's up maybe you need to carve out a little time and you know go take a break and figure something out so um, for me, meditation's a big, powerful tool. You know, when I feel disconnected, it's like I just got to get centered. And that might be five minutes, might be 20 minutes. Um, but meditating, I realize, is a moment. And it's a struggle through that meditation because if you're coming to a place where you're not feeling grounded, you don't have the smile, last thing you want to do is sit down and try to focus on your breath. <laughs> you know? So I find the meditation is a way where we just have to tune in and I loosen what I thought the traditional rules of what meditation had to be. For me, I keep it simple. I just sit down, close my eyes, have a little gentle music in the background, and I just pay attention to my breath and I allow the magic to happen. And quite often, that is a zap into positivity. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just feel a little bit lighter. Um, I do have to move as well. I, if I haven't practiced, if I hadn't had a, my physical practice, um, I do feel the stagnation build up. And that can, you know, that reduced flow of energy, uh, you can get a chip on your shoulder pretty quickly. You know, it's like, oh, I'm just feeling stuck and sludgy, right? So then I I know it's a quick, you know, my wife would say to me, have you done Qigong or yoga today? And I'd be like, no, I haven't done it for like two days. I've been too busy. It's like, go go down and do whichever version you feel the calling for, but move, Mm -hmm. kid. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure you can, you know, for you, Derek, you're, you have so many different, forms of movement that you explore it's the same thing right yeah absolutely and 
physical movement is like, I believe like the number one thing that we can do for our brain and for our soul. And it, um, it's, it's always there for us when we're ready. Once yeah. we're, once we bring that awareness. Um, so that is one challenge on the path is just losing awareness. Um, what are some other challenges you've met along your journey and how did you overcome them? So what are some challenges that come to your mind that you've encountered that gave you a challenge um, that you've overcome and what did that look like and what were your key takeaways from those lessons? Yeah, I think, you know, if, if I'm going to blend the three, the acting, Qigong and yoga, you know, and look at challenges in that journey, uh, in acting, there's always roadblocks that are thrown up. We've got everything from, you know, are you being seen by casting directors in the market that you live and work in? And if not, it's like, how do I get seen by them? You need an agent. And then there's all these sort of um, twists and turns that you have to navigate to, to eventually just be seen. And then if they believe you and like you and like your look and feel like you can bring something to a part, then they see you again. So that was a big challenge. You know, when I first moved to Vancouver and there's a lot of people that want to be, you know, show up and say, hey, I'm an actor. I want to act. So which means there's, you know a lot of people trying to get in for the same part you would be. So my goal, I found that frustrating at the beginning because I, you know, you had an agent, but casting wouldn't see you because they hadn't met you yet. They're, they're too busy with their TV shows. So I had to surround myself, like I said earlier, with the, the mentors that I had in the business. And I said, how do we plug away at this? Because I, I don't know how you get in that room. I've done everything. I'm, I'm taking the classes. I got the headshots. I have an agent and they're just saying, be patient. So patience was a big thing in that acting world. Um, being patient, or being patient, but continue to work the acting muscle, to work at your craft, to feed the passion, right, Derek? So with yeah. acting, that was the big roadblock was, you know, how do you break down those doors to just get seen? Um, and once you get seen, you still have to do good work so they continue to see you, <laughs> if that makes sense. You can't get lazy. So overcoming the, the, the fear or the roadblock was trying to get seen. But once you got in there, it's like, can I deliver the goods? You know, I've got like a four or five, six page scene here and I don't want to get nervous. and I don't want to blow my chance with that casting director. Uh, in the world of yoga, you know, there were some roadblocks that come up because, you know, out in the West Coast, in particular in Vancouver, there are a lot of yoga schools offering a lot of yoga teacher training. Every other person you meet is a yoga teacher and you're like, okay, wow, how am I going to you know, make this work for myself so that I can not only do yoga as a passion, but teach yoga. And there's some big politics in yoga, as you know, uh, you know, so navigating the world of studios and surrounding yourself with people that were authentic and positive. Um, I was able to find a few anchors um, in those people and they helped me lead the way and eventually said, hey, the way you teach, what you teach and how you teach, it's awesome. Know that. And if you're passionate about what you're doing, students will, you know, the students that are attracted to that style, your style, they'll come and then you can do it. And that happened. So I'm grateful to overcome those roadblocks in the yoga world. And with Qigong, it would be the same thing. It's like, you know, how do you, Qigong is, I think it's the way of the future. I think it's a little more fully accessible than some of the forms of yoga are, the, the, the gentle Qigong. So the roadblock is how do you, I just want to raise an awareness and give them the opportunity to explore, which leads to, you know, I created my YouTube channel where I just offer free flows. I just want people to, to give it a shot. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and that's been a great way to overcome that roadblock of how do I get it out there? Because the, the first answer is always like, oh yeah, Qigong, that, that Tai Chi stuff, that's for old people. You know, and I was like, ah, come take a class. You can sweat your butt off just as much as you do in any class with a Qigong form if you'd like, you know, so. Mm-hmm. And right before this interview, I took one of your Wesley uh, Qigong classes on YouTube. The um, Yes, Please one for the spine. It was really nice. enjoyable and something I want to try to incorporate more of those classes. Um, so for anyone listening, I highly recommend that. Um, so your Qigong and your yoga have both undoubtedly influenced your acting mm-hmm. um both qigong and yoga help us just connect yoke with the now uh in union with it all and i think like you knowing that you are really in connection with all can help helps you an actor be able to transform yourself into whatever role whatever emotion you see fit um i watch your Hot, like your your sizzle reel um, mm-hmm. on IMDb before, and you played such a wide variety of characters. Right. And I think I think your learnings from yoga and qigong has helped you um, do so. So let's just talk about acting. How did you get started in acting? Um, what has that path looked like for you? And yeah, how did yoga and qigong complement your acting? It's a great question. Yeah, the the acting journey started a long time ago in in grade uh, four, five, and six. We'd do some um, little theater productions at school, uh, you know, just little tiny stuff. We were playing, uh, you, you know, uh, I played the king in um, one of the musicals and I had one line <laughs> and it was a musical. And I had to stand up and say, now everybody sing. But I remember that vividly. It was like getting up there and maybe that's where the passion started. Uh, you know, my father was in um, music, so um, he was always out there performing, but my mother was also a big fan of the arts, so then in around um, grade seven and eight, my mother, I, I'm, I'm aging myself here, but back in the early 80s, um, there was a, a school that was putting on a class called Video Art, and uh, my mom registered my brother and I, and the, the first production that we did, I was cast as the lead, uh, and I was in grade eight, and it was like, it was just the funnest experience. Making, we made a little like nine minute movie on VHS. Um, so that just stayed with me. I moved more into sports when I got to high school. I didn't pursue the theater background. Um, and then when I journeyed off to university, um, that passion was still burning underneath things. So I wanted to check it out and started exploring some independent uh, projects um, at university. So I did a few short films um, in that world. And then when I graduated university was teaching, I had one really great friend who's quite successful um, in the film and TV world. Um, I was going over to visit him in Vancouver while I was a high school teacher. And I saw him in a play that was sold out uh, one weekend that I went to see him. And I was so proud of him for what he had accomplished. And I also wanted to be in that production standing there beside him. Uh, because I, I, like I, you know, it's, I, I had glimpses and tastes of it in, in my growing up. Um, so, you know, he was quick to say, dude, quit teaching and move over to Vancouver. And, you know, I didn't stop thinking about that advice. And as I said earlier at the beginning of this, um, I handed my resignation, moved to Vancouver and did exactly that. So that led to, you know, you get an agent um, in Vancouver, you're taking classes regularly, you're working with different teachers in the city, um, trying to, you know, when, when I, it's much like yoga, um, I, w- I would study with different teachers and take what I liked from each one of those 
teachers, those styles of yoga, and make it work for myself. Um, and then you just chip away, Derek, with the acting world, you know, you start with commercial representation, you go out, audition for commercials, hopefully book a commercial here and there. Um, then you press your agent and say, I want to get into film and TV. And then again, they, like I said, try to knock down those doors to get you in front of casting directors. Um, so I just chipped away at it. I would book a small part here, a small part there. You get on set, casting would see you book something. So they would say, Hey, we should bring Wes in for one of these parts. He's going to bring something interesting to the table. Whether or not I get the part, that's out of our, our control, right? It's up to the director and producers. Um, but once that started happening, it was really, um, it was exciting because the roles get a little bit bigger and bigger, you know? So suddenly you're getting different opportunities. And I was presented with the opportunity, long story short, to step into casting, but that meant I had to lead the, leave the world of auditioning. So I became an associate casting director um, for a couple of years and I had to leave acting, but I got to go behind the curtain and work and collaborate with all the directors, producers and writers and showrunners. And we had some really big shows with big LA producers and directors. Uh, and that education was just mind blowing. Um, and it was actually fueling my acting muscle, but I stayed doing that for a couple of years. And then I just said, again, Derek, that was me walking away from acting I had a little more stability as an associate casting director. It was a great job. We had great shows, great reputation. Um, I was still working with actors, but I wasn't acting anymore. And that was still burning, right? So after I finished the completion of my contract, um, I presented with the opportunity, do I stay in casting? Do I stay with the security? Or do I take what I've learned for this number of years and then go back and give it another shot? And that's what I did. And that was, we're going on about five years ago, and that led to, you know, a couple of the acting schools came and said, hey, you've had this insight working as a casting, associate casting director, um, can you come and teach scene study or teach something here? I didn't want to teach scene study. There's a lot of actors in Vancouver doing that. Um, but one um, group came to me in particular and asked me to be, become an acting coach to help them with auditions. So to prep their, their auditions so they could go in there and blow them out of the water. And after, you know, being in casting and spending hundreds and hundreds and thousands of hours in auditions, I understood the right tools to make an audition fairly strong and stand out-ish. So I had success and that was five years ago. So I started coaching one-on-one -on -one with um, actors who, you know, if they have an audition tomorrow, they'd say, hey, Wes, can I book an hour with you? They'd bring their sides in, their, their lines for the audition, and we would help shape what they were going to bring into the room in front of casting directors tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I, had a, I had a couple of those actors booked, you know, as soon as they would get pinned or they, they would get put on hold, or then a few of them started booking some parts. And once that happened, then the reputation is to go see Wes, he can help you shape a pretty strong audition. So that's allowed me to not only work my own acting muscle, continue to collaborate with actors, and it keeps my audition muscle strong because I'm trying to help them. So I do that right now. I'm a one-on-one -on -one acting coach. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm quite busy with that outside of what I'm doing with the yoga and Qigong. Um, and then to further answer that, it, it, it's helped me book parts and, and move forward in my own career. And then Derek, when I look at Qigong and yoga, the breath is the foundation of all of it in performance, right? If you do not have a deep-rooted, grounded breath, which we can learn with our yogic practice in Qigong, I'm gonna trap my, my breath in my upper lungs and I'm not going to, I'm gonna be nervous and I'm not gonna be able to find my authentic voice and then the performance can't be authentic. So that's how it sort of blends, right? I've gotta bring my breathing techniques from that world of yoga and on top of it, the contentment, the nonviolence, you know, just the peace of the practice 
into performance and worry, not worry about it, then it will be something interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Not that's very fa- <laughs> yeah, no, that's very fascinating. Actually, about like a year and a half ago, um, I started getting involved in the acting industry here in Manitoba, and it was through teaching yoga and breath work to actors. And then that led to um, like background work and then short films and then commercials and auditioning for, for movies now. Um, so what would be your advice you would have for someone and you after just getting into the industry other than one thing that you've mentioned throughout um, this discussion in terms of practice of yoga, qigong, acting, it's put, other than putting the reps, because that's mm-hmm. important. And that's something that I've heard through your conversation. Is, yeah, you need to put in your reps. Mm-hmm. You need to fuel that passion. So in addition to putting in the reps, fueling that passion, what are, what's some other advice um, for new actors or, or just actors, period? Uh, get in class. You know, we say do the reps, but getting in class, just working the muscle in front of people. Right, because what is the job? You know, we audition one-on-one with the casting director, we get that part, we go on set, and then we've got anywhere from 100 to 150 people on set. Are you comfortable in front of all those people when they say, director says, I want you here, here, say your lines, I want you to punch him, I want you to kick him, depending on what the part is. Um, Can you weave together that choreography and still have a grounded, rooted, deep breath so that you have your authentic voice within stillness and then deliver an interesting performance for the camera. So by doing that is we have to get in front of people and work that muscle, right? So that's one thing. Um, two, I always say to actors, actors, actors can be really lazy. There's so many people out here that say they're an actor and then I'll say, great, um, what's the last thing? Oh, I haven't booked something for, you know, nine months. I'm like, great, what have you done in the last nine months that's creative within the world of performance and acting? Have you done a short film? Have you done a play read? Have you done a table read? Have you gotten together and, you know, have you made something online? With with our social media now, with Instagram, I'm teaching a class right now that's called The Link. Um, um, Myself and a a good friend of mine, Matthew Kevin Anderson. And with our actors, they come and they do their, their scenes. That's one portion of the class. When we finish the class, we give them a weekly challenge over the weekend. And it's just to work the muscle. So one of the challenges was to create a short film on your phone in one minute. One of them was to deliver a monologue in a song. So it's just working the audition muscle, Derek, is what I always say um, for people. You gotta be comfortable in your skin. You have to be comfortable in front of other people. Um, You have to be directable, you know? So when you're creating stuff or getting out and doing those short films, that's when you really get to, um, you know, collaborate and, stay fresh on your game. This is the portion that Derek's going to have to edit. This is when I'd like to DJ. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hi there. Sorry. I think I may have lost you for a second. <laughs> there Did you I? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't see you for 10 seconds. So I just, I sat here frozen. <clears throat> okay. Um, so I just mentioned that this advice about acting, I think it's applicable to yoga, qigong, artistry, soccer, whatever you're trying to develop mastery in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that is applicable. So through it all, through all your journeys, um, through the different realms, the realms of acting, Qigong, yoga, education, life, fatherhood, um, what has been your greatest aha, your greatest takeaway from this journey so far? I, I think the answer is really easy. The aha moment is in all of this, just simplify everything. Just breathe, keep it simple and it will unfold, right? Mm -hmm. Just breathe and keep it simple. In acting, keep it simple. In yoga, breathe and find a version of each posture. Keep it simple so that you can breathe. In Qigong, slow down, keep it simple so that you can breathe. Like my daughter says, dad, just slow down. So slowing down and keeping it simple, I think. Mm -hmm. and, and then just again, coming back to this idea of when we breathe fully, Derek, the energetic systems of the body flow. We're supercharged and then that, that glow comes out of us. So then if we take the pieces that you and I talked about in regards to pursuing passions, everything glows brightly. And you mm -hmm. emit awesomeness, right? You do it, Derek does it in his life. The stuff that you're doing, what you're offering the community in Winnipeg. So I think, yeah, just keeping it simple and breathing. Is, is, how, do, mm -hmm. how do we breathe right? I, I often refer to it as just, can we belly breathe, right? That's when I refer to that as, can we breathe down into the di through the diaphragm into the belly? So, you know, Dirga Pranayama, three-part breathing, uh, nose, uh, chest, belly, belly through the chest and out through the nose. That helps sort of create it. I often refer to in my yoga classes and Qigong classes, rest your palms on your belly and breathe in and out of a Santa Claus belly. Right, so you feel the tummy expand and then you exhale, draw in. And you can even see just the connective tissue, we expand, we fill like a balloon, we exhale. And then that elicits that parasympathetic response from the nervous system. Everything relaxes and on an energetic level, the meridian lines, the energy lines running through the body that are connected to the organs, they open, Derek. They widen, so we get a full flow of energy, we get a deeper functioning of our organs and the system's like, heck yeah, this is awesome. Belly breathing. Belly breathing is what I refer to. Mm -hmm. And throughout this breath and throughout this conversation, love has been a theme interwoven through it all. What does love mean to you? Hmm, That's such a great question. What does love mean to you? Love means to me If I'm feeling love, if, if I'm living love and I'm in love, a smile comes to the face, you're relaxed, and everything is A-OK. -okay. And when we don't feel that, when we have fight or flight, when we have tension, stress, a roadblock gets in the way of feeling and emitting love. Does that make sense? Yes. You know, so love to me is just having a smile on my face and feeling relaxed. Mm-hmm. And then just being surrounded by those people that definitely plug into that love chamber. <laughs> Absolutely. So to close every episode, um, I asked two questions to each guest. And we're at that point now. And I'm going to ask you these two questions. The first one is a simple one. It's a short answer. Um, and it is this. In three words, how would you describe the experience you are having here on Earth in this reality plane? 
Three words, Derek, you are a challenge. This is great. Three words. Passion. Joy. And I'm going to say it. Awesomeness. <laughs> I am. Passion. Joy, joy and awesomeness. And awesomeness. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And then so for the last question, I want to use a little magic. And I believe we all have magic powers and are magicians. Um, if we wish, if we choose. And I'm going to transport us into the future. I'm going to transport us in the future alongside an 85-year-old Wesley Salter. What life is that Wesley Salter living at 85? What does your life look like? What is the legacy that you've left behind? 85-year-old Wesley Salter still has a daily Qigong practice. 85 Wesley Salter is still teaching morning classes on whatever version of online we've got so we can get as many people from around the world moving and breathing. 85-year-old um, Wesley is uh, living somewhere close to the ocean and still surfing. Um, and 85-year-old Wesley is sitting beside his wife, watching the ocean, and hopefully hanging out with our daughter who decided to come back from her world travels and visit mom and dad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's beautiful. So I want you to stay with this 85-year-old Wesley um, by the ocean, still practicing Qigong a lot alongside your wife. Your daughter has visited, bringing you a lot of souvenirs for her worldly <laughs> travels. And you're feeling content. You're feeling full of joy, full of love. And you're always remembering to breathe. Be with that 85-year-old Wesley just for one more moment because I'm not going to leave you there in the future. I'm going to bring us back into the infinite now. 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 And that 85-year-old Wesley, he sends you a message. What does he whisper to you? Listen to your daughter and slow down. <laughs> Beautiful. Listen to your daughter and slow down. A message I think we could all take a lot from. Mm-hmm. Do you have any last words of wisdom for this audience, for these listeners from our entire conversation? What is one thing you want them to remember? Well, I think you raise it beautifully and I think you're promoting it with, with your podcast, Eric, and, and all the things that you do in your life, you know, on, in your neck of the woods is you have chosen to follow a path of passion. I ultimately think at the end of the day that when we do that, um, you will reap a rich life. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking monetarily. I'm just talking the richness of living. So pursue the passions. Like we said, those people that want to live in the should or are scared or have their, 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 their voice has gone silent, pursue the passion. And by doing that, you find the smile. And with the smile, you get to spread the joy and the love. Mm-hmm. And doors will open that we would have never otherwise seen. 100%. And now there's a door open for people to pursue knowledge, wisdom, joy, and lessons with you. Mm. Where can they find you if they're wanting to connect with you more? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, yeah, uh, wesleyyoga.com uh, is my website, W-E-S-L-E-Y-O-G-A.com. Um, my YouTube channel is um, Wesley Qigong, all one word. Qigong is spelled Q-I-G-O-N-G, so it's the traditional spelling. Uh, and then I'm teaching, I, I teach uh, three weekly um, Zoom classes, uh, Tuesday and Thursday mornings from 8 to 9 uh, Pacific time, are one-hour Qigong celebrations, I refer to them. 
anyone, any age, uh, open to. And Saturdays I teach a blended Qigong and yoga. It's called Rhythm and Flow. Um, so we, we often describe that as Qigong, yoga, and hot sauce to get into a really delicious Shavasana. Uh, so yeah, there are three weekly classes. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the, the Qigong, um, during this last four, five, six months, I haven't been posting any new videos, but I'm about to, we just finished a move yesterday, Derek. Uh, so now I'm in a sweet spot where I can get back to throwing out those, those videos because they're just great opportunities to take mini chi breaks. So you can check them out, gang. Yeah, for sure. I highly recommend them. They are absolutely divine. Thank you. Um, so, so to close every episode, we bring our fists together for a digital yes. fist bump. Boom. We can all join this winter circle. Explosions of awesomeness. <laughs> Explosions of awesomeness. Um, thank you so much. I'm grateful. I've been honored for this conversation until we connect again. Great, Derek. Thanks for spreading the joy, dude. Thank you.